I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business, and I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Welcome to Jack Rants with Modern Bankers, brought to you by RelPro and Vertical IQ. Every week I feature top voices in financial services, from bankers and consultants to best-selling authors and many more. The goal here is simple. It's to provide insights, success practices, and to bring new ideas to the table you can use to maximize your results. Last week, in part one of my interview with Kevin D. Turner, we discussed what LinkedIn features have been retired, fake profiles, and what to do about them, and much more. This week, we'll explore what we might expect in 2024 and some fresh ideas to help you connect LinkedIn to the sales process. A reminder here that Kevin Turner earned a BBA from the Texas McComb School of Business. He spent his first nearly 30 years of his career in the corporate world from Sony and the American Heart Association and others. In 2011, he launched TNT Brand Strategist, and we'll learn a little bit about how to get a hold of Kevin and what he might be able to do for you from a LinkedIn perspective. Kevin is a much sought after speaker and podcast guest, and his Keep Rockin' LinkedIn newsletter is where I go to stay informed about all things LinkedIn. It's part two with Kevin D. Turner on Jack Rants with Modern Bankers. Here we go. So you mentioned 2024. I want to tease everybody because we're not going to do that for a couple of seconds. I got two questions before that. So you're on LinkedIn a lot because that's your life. That's your business. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot as well. Um, and I and you use a ton of features on LinkedIn. What are some of the underutilized features that people should know about that if they just would spend a little time using them, they would really benefit from? I've got probably three that I know most people don't use well. The first one is anytime you're building out your profile or even if you have a company page, if you type something in and a drop down box appears, select from the drop-down box because what that is it's called a market value filter it's not you know it's not the splashiest new feature but it is a feature people forget and so what they do is they they make up their own title for for their position or the company gave them one that was really obfuscated we learned this a long time ago we did the transition for the head of hr for yahoo his title was cloud nine navigator Nobody's searching for a Cloud9 Navigator. No, no recruiters, no people who want to do business with them. Change it to Chief Human Resource Officer. Then it all started to happen. So those market value titles are in things like industry. They're in location. And believe it or not, LinkedIn has updated both the industry and the location dropdowns several times over the last couple of years. So that the last time you did it, you might've said you were in a particular market and now that market's no longer in the database. You don't exist to be searched by market or by industry. Um, a, a few years ago, it was uh, uh, writing and editing using the symbol. Now it's writing and editing. If you had the old one, you're no longer searchable for that industry. 
because you don't belong in it, right? You've, you've basically put yourself on that other shelf in the back of the store that nobody goes to. Don't do it. So that's one of the features that people forget that do it. And I think the biggest area I see this fallout is in education because people will, they'll get the uh, school right, right? When they get down to the degree, they get lazy. They start doing a bachelor's or master's. That doesn't count. You want to, you know, type it out, bachelor of science, and then you'll see it in the drop-down box, select that, because without it, what it basically says within the database is you might have gone to this university, but you're listing a diploma that they never issued. So we can't give you credit. So if somebody's looking and that's a requirement, you've just taken yourself out of any search results. Now, LinkedIn is a business, right? It's what, going to be $17, $18 billion this year. 65% of that revenue comes from selling members to other members. Recruiter and sales navigator, right? Those are the tools. They're going to use those market value filters to rank everything to decide if you're going to come up in their search results. So any of these things that make gray data means you're at the bottom of the list. If they can't decipher it, if it doesn't belong within a filter, it goes away. And you think about if you had a filing cabinet with a billion files in it, and every file you made up its own category while you're putting it in there, instead of putting it into sanctioned categories, you'd never be able to find anything. Amazing. And so that's one feature everybody should pay attention to. Do an audit on your profile, go through, find all those little slots that have drop-down boxes, and make sure you got the right one in there. So that, that, that's my top one. Um, the other one is we're on LinkedIn to build community, right? To get to know people, to hopefully entice them to uh, fall in love with us and buy stuff from us, right? <laughs> Whatever it is, uh, take our services. There is an opportunity with the amount of lives, video lives, right? And audio events, there's an opportunity to participate in those but what people don't realize is there's a tab on those events and it's called networking. If you click on the networking tab, everybody who said they're going to attend, whether they showed up or not, and everybody who's in the live or audio event will show up there and you can contact them directly. Oh, wow. So if uh, Branson puts on a live, you can actually send him a message. Whereas you're never going to get his email. You're never going to get his phone number. You're never going to get his address, but you can send him a message. You could even invite him to connect with you. That's the networking tab. It's kind of like groups on steroids, right? So if you focus what events I'm going to go to, what events I'm going to attend, and you start looking at that list of people, you can say, hey, I saw you on stage. You were brilliant when you said this, that, and the other, you know, would you like to have a conversation? Would you like to connect? Um, another thing that I love to do when I do see something like that, especially in audio events, I'll take a screenshot when they're talking because they got the little green ring around them and I can click on their picture and send that to them. Even though I'm not connected, right? I can send it to them and say, Hey, I thought you were brilliant, blah, blah, blah. And I know you were busy because you were on stage and you probably didn't get a picture of you presenting. So here you go. Oh, they then normally post it the next day and say, thank you, Jack. 
or John, right? <laughs> for, <laughs> depending if it was Friday night or not, for providing this to me because I didn't get the picture and I really appreciate you doing that. So boom. Now, what's neat, if we go back to how LinkedIn works and how it makes money, it's all based on six degrees of separation, right? Within six handshakes, you can meet anybody in the world. That's why LinkedIn cuts you off at three to sell you to the other three or the other three to you. That's how the whole business model works. This disrupts that business model, much like groups disrupt the business model because anybody in a group, if you join a group, you can contact them, right? They could be the sixth degree, but you can then have a connection and a relationship and communication with them. The networking tab does the same thing and you can focus it on really hot topics, hot, hot trends, right? People forget it's there. That's one of those features I think, you know, everybody should be working with. Made by bankers for bankers, Vertical IQ is your trusted source for reliable, convenient, and focused industry intelligence, helping your team save time, boost sales, and gain a competitive edge. Learn more at verticaliq.com. Now, I have one more. Okay. Unless you had any questions on that. No, no, go. Newsletters. Oh, I love this. LinkedIn gives us the ability to create a newsletter, which eventually becomes an article. So it's there, long form. It can be searched on the internet, all that good stuff, right? And they combine it with a post to expose it out to your audience. And within that process, LinkedIn says that everybody within your network will either get an email, they'll see it in the feed, or they'll get a notification. You don't know which one of the three they get, right? But they're going to get exposed to that. When you first start your newsletter, it's going to send an invite out to all your connections and followers saying, Jack just started his newsletter. This is what it's called. You can preview it here. Um, you know, subscribe to the newsletter. You'll get the majority of them right on that first day saying, I want to hear what Jack has to, to say. You can decide whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or like me, whenever I feel like it, right? <laughs> I know that breaks some content rules, but I only put it out there if it's going to, you know, shatter the earth. That's the kind of uh, newsletter I want just in time when it when it's important. My group puts up with that. Maybe not the best way to build a brand, but it works for me. Uh, but that newsletter piece is incredible. Now, LinkedIn being as protective as they can on their data, right? They don't give you like a downloadable list of everybody who subscribes, but they do give you a kind of a visual presence. So you can actually go down that and see who does subscribe. Okay. And I'm sure there's ways of screen capture and comparison. So you know who's not in there. You might then send them a link to go ahead and subscribe. And, you know, I put that link in other things. I put it at the end of my email address, right? When I'm sending out emails, subscribe to my newsletter. I put it into other areas. You know, um, I have it on YouTube. On my YouTube channel is my subscribe to the newsletter. So it's really portable in that sense. And it does pull people in. Now, anybody who invites you, whether you accept it or not, anybody who follows you is automatically sent the invite to join your newsletter. So it can be an incredible exposure tool. And they're adding features to it all the time. One of the features that they've added, which I, I absolutely love, 
is you can embed videos into the newsletter. So I've got a YouTube channel. I can do a newsletter and have four videos that you don't have to leave the newsletter or leave LinkedIn, but you can watch my videos on YouTube within the newsletter. And I'm getting credit for it at YouTube. They're getting what they need to get. And then they can go down to the next one. So that, you know, they're really getting smart on how they're kind of backing up the resource. So I love, I love newsletters. So I, I got it because you've been so kind to be a guest. I got to ask if somebody, and we'll, we'll get you all your information at the end. If somebody reaches out to you and says, Hey, Kevin, I've, I've decided I want to do a newsletter. Is that something you do to help people put those things together? I, I do. Uh, you know, that to me is part of brand messaging, right? A lot of stuff, a lot of guidance I'll also give away for free. I, I do believe in that. To me, there's a difference between science and art, right? I'll tell you all of the science. <laughs> the art, I think, is what makes it different. So at that point, you know, if somebody wanted to come and say, hey, can you help me do this? I'll take them that direction as well. But a lot of information on the kind of the nuts and bolts on how to do it. I'll give away that for free. I do often throughout my posts, throughout my uh, YouTube uh, channel, all that kind of stuff. It's there. And uh, I think uh, a lot of people take advantage of that. And I'm going to in 2024. You're going to be getting a call. Um, <laughs> all right. So I get this question all the time, followers versus connections. What's what's better? You have more than 46,000 followers, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, you can have only 30,000 connections total on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. What's better, Kevin? Depending on who you're looking at from, the perspective, right? For LinkedIn, they'd rather you have more followers than connections. Hmm. For most people, they find more value in connections than followers. The reason LinkedIn came up with a 30,000 cap, right? If you go back to that six degrees of separation, the more first level handshakes you have, the less of the other degrees you need. So at 30,000, you only need technically four degrees, not six. So if I go over 30,000, I can very quickly get almost everybody's uh, information off LinkedIn, right? I can access the whole database. Right now, I've got probably 23,000 first-level connections. Okay. And believe it or not, I've interacted with all of them. So none of them are unknowns. Some of them have actually shook hands with in, in public places, right? Others are just digital uh, relationships. But with that number, I can already unlock almost half of LinkedIn. Amazing. So if they let me do more, right? If they let me do 40,000 first level connections, how would you get me to pay for sales navigator or recruiter? So LinkedIn is protecting its revenue stream by saying there's a limit, right? And when they actually launched creator mode, because everybody knows if you're on LinkedIn and you're putting out content, right? Whether it's written, whether it's video, whether it's you know audio events, articles, whatever that content is, right? It creates an opportunity for you exposure-wise, which if you do it right, should also bring in opportunity, right? Should be a lead gen in that sense. LinkedIn kind of knows that. And part of that process of, I guess, um, looking at that limit, right? I'm, I'm sorry, I kind of lost my track here. Um, I apologize. Um, 
but part of that, I, I think LinkedIn knows that that connection, right, has more response to that. But then the followers are going to come. They're going to be attracted. They might not invite you. They want to see your content, right? So they're going to start following you. You have no direct contact with a follower outside of what they decide to do after they decide to follow you, right? LinkedIn knew that, knew that there was a way to get you to stop wanting connections always and getting too close to 30,000. Now they're satisfied these people who wanted big exposure because you could have 200,000, but they're all followers. Mm -hmm. So they don't break the revenue stream, right? And so it was very clever of them. And to do that, they came up with um, creator mode. And with creator mode, you've got tools that you never had before. Analytics, right? That you never had before. The ability to do a newsletter, the ability to do a live, the ability to do an audio event all comes from joining creator mode. Well, guess one thing that will never change on creator mode. You'll never have the connect button on your profile. You'll always have the follow button. So they gave all these great resources, not because they're sweet people, right? They're a business. They're protecting their revenue. The follow keeps you from collecting more contacts and breaking the revenue stream. So you might be in creator mode and still have sales navigator, right? Or still need recruiter that's how they're doing it. So very clever. They understand the dynamics of the database that they have, right? So if you're on creator mode, banker friends, um, and you have the follow button, um, what I do, and it's a daily routine, I go to my followers and I see who's been following me. And then mm -hmm. you can go out and you can connect with them. And people that are following you are much more likely to connect with you versus-, oh, yeah. versus Especially if you get them fresh. Yeah, right, right away. When they just right made away. that decision because they made an effort, right? Yeah. If you do it that day, they're very likely to connect if they're the right people. So you talked about Sales Navigator and you know, Bryn Tillman is so brilliant when it comes to things like Sales Navigator and Stan Robinson who works with us and and, and so many others. Uh, my question isn't about well, should we do Sales Navigator or not? It's what's the trigger? I'm a salesperson at a bank. Um, when do I when do I pull the trigger and spend a little over a thousand bucks and buy Sales Navigator? You know, I think it, if you're not able to use uh, business premium, you know, much less expensive, you're talking three four hundred dollars for a year, or even free. If you're not able to build the network you want to build, if you're running into the fact that you're spending more time than you're getting a return on, right? That's when it makes sense to kind of step into some of these other products, right? The free or I call freemium, you're gonna be limited in search, right? Mm -hmm. You can look at X amount of profiles, 100 profiles a week. Well, that's not gonna get you there. So you normally, you step into business premium and then you're gonna get a thousand profiles a week, right? And you're gonna get a little more activity in the sense of how many you can invite a week. And if you do it right, they'll give you a little bit more than they tell you. Um, you know, if that's not getting you there, if you're not building fast enough, building with the right people, that's when Navigator comes in. That's when you can really target using more of the data that LinkedIn has to get you to the right place. And, you know, one of the things I always uh, think about 
whenever approaching anybody within an organization, if I want to build a relationship within an organization, is look for people like you, right? I've got this odd kind of background, uh, you know, working and, and living in, in different uh, countries. If I find people with that similar background, those are the ones I approach. If I find somebody at IBM I want to talk to and they graduated, started at IBM and worked there for 35 years, they're going to look at me like I've got two heads. <laughs> they're like, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know why you did that. They're not going to relate. They're not probably going to connect. But that person who's had a similar background to me will look at that. And it's not only do they get it, but it's justification of why they're there, right? Here's somebody with the same similar background. That's the kind of person I want to connect with. And I think Mark Miller used to call it, find people who smell like you. <laughs> that was an interesting term. I don't go around sniffing people, but we are sniffing out leads sometimes, right? So do find and look for those who are like you. And Sales Navigator can definitely help you do that. That's fascinating. All right. Well, we've teased everybody enough. Um, you you are an insider. You you know some things that we don't. What's in your crystal ball for 2024? What are some new features you're seeing LinkedIn's going to roll out? I I think the biggest one, and they've been working on it for a while, is native video. Right now, you know, everything we do is third-party streaming, third-party built, like the profile videos. That was one of the reasons I think profile video went away is they had to pay a third party to manage it. Well, LinkedIn doesn't want to pay third parties. They want their own. The same thing with lives. You have to go out and get Restream or, you know, there's a bunch of other ones. You could even do it by Zoom. You could even do it by Microsoft Teams, but you're paying other people. LinkedIn doesn't want that, right? They want you to be able to say, I don't have to spend $100 a month over here, so I could spend it on LinkedIn, oh. right? So they're going to be bringing in native video. Now, the beauty of native video is, you can get on your phone or your laptop, your desktop, there's a camera built in, boom, you're now streaming. There's nothing else to do but record, right? And so there'll be much more dynamic things. Things like video comments could be an option, you know? And I think about, yeah, I'm not the world's quickest keyboardist, right? I think maybe better than that. I could definitely blurt out more in a video or an audio stream than I could, you know, type-wise, that's an option. Will they do it? I don't know, but it's an option. I think that would really make things very dynamic, very interactive. Um, things like audio events, right? Where now you've got a still picture and you get to hear their voice. LinkedIn has already looked at, and they put kind of a beta demo together of those little circles. Instead of being still pictures, they're actually your live camera. So now you could do an event on LinkedIn, you have your speakers, but now you're pulling up audience members who are also live, right? Good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to make some dynamic stuff, right? There might be a little Jerry Springer episode every now and then, but it's going to be exciting. That's what people love about that kind of development. So to me, I think that's one of the biggest things that's going to change is that kind of native video and all the things they can do with it. So I would expect things like profile video to come back maybe in a different way, but those kind of options are gonna be there. And that's something they're definitely working on. 
Um, the other thing is we're going to see a lot more AI powered stuff, right? To assist us, uh, even into building a better profile. They've started the process, but I think they're going to go even further. So, you know, we're going to see a lot more of that. And then also in the kind of communication side. So I would see a, a, a increase in that as far as helping you communicate with others, helping you target others. They're already kind of rolling that out in Sales Navigator with AI powered. I think those things will continue to expand. Boy, and, that's great. And, I, and, and if they're going to do that, I would love it if they had video connections because now you can do up to, if you, have the, if you pay for it, up to 300 characters. And um, yeah, you know, I can tell you that you know Kevin Turner and we know each other, blah, blah, blah. But if I can say it, if I can show you, hey, I know Kevin, and, and there's that emotion behind it. I don't know that that'll ever be able to be done, but uh, that would I, be. I think they should. I think they should do invites with video. We can already now respond. If we accepted an invite or somebody accepted our invite, we can send them a video or we can send them an audio, right? A message. They do have a different connectivity to them. Yeah, it's it's different. Well, one of the things you're really good at, and one of the things I, I watch people like Richard Vanderbloom, who I'm sure you follow and maybe even know, um, uh, are, are metrics. So what are some metrics that if I'm a banker, and I'm, I'm a bank president, and my, my folks say, well, you know, I'm on uh, Jack Hubbard. I went through Jack Hubbard's training, and I'm on LinkedIn about 30 minutes a day, and I'm doing some things. And the bank president says, what's this do for me? I mean, people like you, big deal. What are some metrics, if I'm a bank president, that really matter to me uh, around LinkedIn? You know, and I, and I always think it's it's not so much about the exposure, right? It's not so much about how many connections you have, how many followers you have, um, impressions, engagement, those kind of things of all this kind of activity that you do on LinkedIn. I think it really becomes measurable when you start getting into the messaging, right? Whether you can take all that exposure and create opportunity in messaging where you can show a track from completely unknown to now somebody who wants to come in, set up an account, whatever it is, that's where you should be measuring, right? The other pieces are good to know, they're helpful, but they're not gonna do anything if you're not getting down to that component and then taking them out of messaging into real life and track that stuff. So when somebody says, well, you know, you're, I notice you're spending an hour a day at work on LinkedIn, what are you getting? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm getting this kind of exposure for the, for the bank. I always roll company brand into my brand. So we get a little bit of both. I'm building these relationships. I'm making these connections, but ultimately I'm getting down to this many messages and this many people are coming in that we're now doing business with that we weren't doing before. So I add up my hours, right? You can actually say, here's what I've generated for the bank. Here's what it's cost us in the process, right? right. And I think those are the kind of metrics everybody should really track. And, and they don't because they get, they get stuck on what I call vanity metrics. And, you know, you can waste a lot of time there. That's not the important piece. It's got to get down to, are you pulling them out of LinkedIn into real life? Yeah, I call them lazy likes. It's it's so easy to click a button. If if I see a post that you do, 
I'm always going to comment in some way. And I may make it so that I ask you another question so that the, the dialogue keeps mm -hmm. it keeps going. I, likes are, are, are lazy to me. Um, those are all really important. I wish, and maybe there's some, somebody out there that does this. I wish in uh, a CRM system, you could take, you could connect your followers and connections at a certain point in time and then continue to monitor that and say, okay, well, I got, I started out the year with these number of followers, I ended up with these number of followers, which mm -hmm. converted to these number of connections, which by the way, converted to these number of con uh, conversations. People say, well, how much business do you get from LinkedIn? My answer is none. You get the, you get the business from conversations, but yeah. you get the conversation based on activities that you do around that. And I wish there was a way for a CRM system to, to track that. Maybe you know, there is, Kevin. If you're good with like pivot tables, that kind of stuff, comparative yeah. tables, LinkedIn gives you your data available to you. You can download that data. You can get things like, you know, these are my connections. These are my followers. Um, these are the messages I have, communication-wise, number, all that stuff. And you can start creating through pivot tables, through Excel, whatever you're doing, you can start creating a way to draw that line with those data files that they download. Yeah. And to me, there's a lot of information in there and a lot of different ways to kind of connect those pieces to see. I know that there are people who do that to figure out who is a connection that's not active, right? They haven't posted anything. They haven't uh, communicated with me. I want to reduce my number of first levels clean it up, right? And create an opportunity to bring some more people in. They're doing that through that data download that LinkedIn provides you. And you want to do the larger data download that takes two days. First day, they give you the basics. Second day, you know, they give you the rest. And there's other things in there that are, I think, really useful if you're posting a lot and you want to remember what was my first post or what was that post about ABC and I can't remember. You're going to look all that stuff up and it'll have links and it's all there on LinkedIn. So that's good. I like that. Uh, and, and I just did for two years now. And it's fascinating because it's going to lead to my question on content. Uh, in 2022, I did something called Jack Rants 30. And I did 30 days of posts. And I may post something that you posted. I may post that. Or I may do some original content or whatever the case might be. I noticed in 2022 when I did it, a massive number of views. Mm -hmm. This year, the views are significantly down. But what I did every day on an Excel spreadsheet, I started with this number of followers. At the end of the 30 days, I had these number of followers. Connections, my SSI score, which I don't know is going to go away or not going to go away or if it's relevant or not, but I kept it. Um, and the number of connections or the number of views I had, uh, 24 hours, 48 hours, and one month. Those are things that you can do because it allows you to see this kind of content tends mm -hmm. to work better on this day. Like I found Tuesdays and Thursdays were a good day to post. But I also found Monday was because I do something called Modern Banker Monday where I have a quote. This is all leading to my question on content, Kevin. What's going on in content in 2024? What's different? Uh, you know, I, I, content is interesting to me in the, in the sense that you first have to know what your audience wants, Right. And when they are available in that process, and then you've got to nurture it. So one thing that 
I always find interesting with, with any kind of feed that's going on, people have a tendency to follow a particular content that experts tell them is hot, right? If an expert is telling you on LinkedIn that a particular kind of content is hot, it's too late, hmm. right? Because what we do as people, if we turned on our television and all it would show was sports, we might get bored of sports at some point or all it sold was news or, or soap operas, right? Vary your content to please people. Sometimes do the opposite of what they say is hot. If they say selfies is hot, don't do selfies. If they say selfies aren't hot anymore, maybe you should start doing selfies, right? Because what you're going to do is you're going to break up this feed. And if you think about a LinkedIn feed, think about it just like a sales funnel, right? You can only pour so much information in there to get it out the bottom of the funnel before you start losing it, right? It starts flowing over the sides. It's a real mess. LinkedIn is faced with that daily. And as LinkedIn grows, you know, now at a billion, that funnel is getting flooded. And then you add on top of that, you add on AI generated content. Now, people who were kind of semi-useless are brilliant, right? But they're not because you, you've seen it all before. You can tell what, what's what now. It, it's becoming uh, very easy to identify. I think people are, people are figuring it out. Um, I always say AI is an incredible muse, but a terrible artist. And if you've ever had a muse, they can get you in as much trouble as they can get you out of. <laughs> right? So don't trust the muse, but do use it to get your creative cycle going. But I think that's one of the biggest issues right now is there's so much content that's being pushed through LinkedIn and AI has contributed even more, not just the growth of LinkedIn and our feed funnel is, is going berserk. Right. I have a, a incredible video called uh, Favorite Content uh, Creators Filter. And it will teach you how to use the filters within LinkedIn, right? To look for posts of the authors that you want. Oh, great. Right. And then ultimately you bookmark that so that it's one click. And now I've got maybe all my LinkedIn authors. Okay. Maybe I have another uh, tab, another uh, bookmark that is all the people I want to do business with. Maybe it's all my clients, right? Or my targets, whatever it is, you can make those. And I have some of my bookmark filters like that, that have 200 people in them. I set it up. So it's within the last day is one of my timing filters, right? Because I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. And I only want to see what they did today so I can respond to it, right? So it's a real easy way to tidy up LinkedIn's feed. You get everything you should get, but no longer flows over, right? Plus, you don't get sponsored or advertising, oh, yeah. which then takes another 20, 30, sometimes 40% out of your feed. Now things start to flow and you're in control and it's much easier to build than you, you would think. And it's just using those search filters you know, based on post and then going to add people and timing and you're going to create this and you're going to bookmark it. And I've got that video on it that I launched over a year ago. It's incredible. It is a game changer for using LinkedIn. And uh, I, I suggest everybody start doing that because the feed isn't going to get any better. Yeah, it's, no. The more people you follow and are connected to, the worse your feed gets, 
which is sort of yeah. what you want, but you also want to filter this stuff out. Yeah. Well, Kevin, you've been... you can always go back to the wild, right? If you if you want to get out of your bubble, <laughs> you can always do it. Yeah. And you'll probably run quickly back to your bubble. <laughs> get yeah. what you want. Yeah. Are you a commercial or business banker looking to build relationships with small and mid-sized companies? RelPro is a business development and relationship management solution being used by bankers to find new prospects, learn more about them, and keep tabs on them as well as your existing customers. Want to learn more? Go to RelPro.com to schedule a demo today. Well, you've been so kind with your time. I just have a couple more questions. So I'm a, I'm a banker. I've listened to this and I say, okay, this all sounds really good, but Kevin's the expert. He's got to have a strategy for 2024 based on some of the things that are changing on LinkedIn. So how are your strategies using LinkedIn going to change uh, in, in 2024? You know, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to use uh, newsletters more often because I've got, you know, the this kind of process I've been chasing and identifying and, you know, putting all these captures in the wild of everything that changes on LinkedIn. And I put them into an article. I'm going to start plugging those out in the newsletter when they happen and then putting it into the larger article. So to me, just a greater exposure opportunity in that sense. So that's one thing I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna get a little better at targeting new connections because this last year, I really let people come to me and I made some incredible connections, but I really need to start focusing on, you know, following them first, connecting, engaging with them, and then inviting them. I've left that alone, actually, probably for about two years. I want to get back and get more active on that because I think you can build a deeper, better network to get you to your goals if you concentrate on it. So that's one of those things I'm going to change. And I'm going to do a lot more video. That's another piece. Awesome. Um, what you could name 100 people, and obviously we don't have time for it, um, who are a couple of folks we've mentioned Bryn and Richard Vanderbloom and mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. Who are a couple of folks that you look to your go-to followers where you say, I really, I really like this person's content and I need, I need to be seeing this on a regular basis. Yeah. There are hundreds <laughs> and I do have that book tab. I, you know, probably top five right now, uh, John Asperian out of the UK all things kind of LinkedIn, kind of cheeky, geeky guy. I love how he thinks. I love how he experiments with stuff. Incredible person to follow. Um, Jeff Young, for the role model in us, right? We, we know that uh, if you think about Bob Berg, right, uh, who co-wrote uh, The Go-Giver, all things considered equal, people buy from those they know, like, and trust, right? This is a guy who encapsulates that as he's working on LinkedIn. So a good role model to watch. And uh, I think, you know, definitely a follower. Jillian Whitney for video. I've not seen anybody with the video prowess that she has and then taking it into podcasts and then taking it into audio samples and video samples and really kind of uh, reconstructing what she pulls out of things like this she would take this thing and she would have 15 clips that she would put on YouTube, on LinkedIn, make them into audio clips, podcasts, that repurposing and just her ability to do video is incredible. Um, there's a gentleman out of the Netherlands, McAdams, who is, I think, brilliant in the sense of 
understanding what you should avoid on LinkedIn, right? The pods, the the automation. Um, he's very talented in there. He's also really good on creating daily content, which I don't do, right? Another person that does daily content is Sarah Clay. She helps people with daily content. She's very vivacious, kind of uh, creative, always helping people get going on their content. So those, those are people I would follow. There are many others, um, but those are probably some of my favorites. They're, they're great. They're terrific. And, and people should be following you. Now, here's your problem. Uh, and I noticed this when I first connected with you. I don't know how many Kevin Turners there are in LinkedIn, but there's a lot. <laughs> So you are Kevin D. Turner, and you Absolutely. go. You have to go follow Kevin. But if I want to get a hold of you, Kevin, I want to get your newsletter. I want to. I want to talk to you because I think you've got a lot of value, and I'd like to help you. Have you help me with my profile? How can people get a hold of you? Well, you, you know, right, right to the profile, right. That's where you're going to go. And many years ago, when when we first had the opportunity to customize our profile URLs, I picked one that has brought me more traffic than you can imagine. And so it's linkedin.com. That's all of ours are like that, you know, forward slash in forward slash president. Anybody who searches for the president of LinkedIn gets me first. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so brilliant. That's the way to find me. Do that in slash president. You'll be there. You'll be sitting on my profile or look for Kevin D. Turner. Uh, either one works to get things like newsletter, to subscribe to uh, my YouTube. I put all that in my featured section. So it's all right there. It's one click away. You know, I, I invite people to follow, um, subscribe to these things. Let's build a relationship. And if it seems right, we'll connect. And so I always believe in that. Well, Kevin, you've been so kind with your time. All the best for a marvelous 2024. Um, and I want to get you back toward the end of 2024. And let's see what happened with some of your predictions and some of the other things that LinkedIn uh, is doing. Kevin, thanks so much for your time today. Jack, thank you. And I enjoyed it uh, maybe more than you did. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see you very soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers, part two with Kevin D. Turner. This and every program is brought to you by our friends at Vertical IQ and RELPRO. Join us next time for more special guests bringing you marketing, sales, and leadership insights, as well as ideas that will provide your banker credit union that competitive edge you need to succeed in 2024. This LinkedIn Live show is also a podcast. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and others. Visit our website too, themodernbanker.com, for more information. And don't forget to sign up for our free public library at themodernbanker.com slash public library. Make today and every day a great client day.